You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Welcome, everybody, back to My Comic Life. My name is Jeff. And I'm Sam. We want to thank you for tuning into this week's episode. It feels good to be back. Took last week off, went on a, went on a little trip, went on vacation. Jeff, where'd you go? Galveston. How was the beach? Shitty. It's Galveston Beach. So, okay, so I went two years ago, and there were dead fish that came up on the on the beach because I guess there's a particular type of fish that when the water gets uh, warmer, it's not smart enough to swim back out to ocean or swim uh, into deeper water. So like they just got cooked, basically boiled in the ocean, and then all these dead fish were on shore. So that was two years ago at Galveston Beach. This year, it was nothing but seaweed. It's like massive amounts. Like Even the city of Galveston was like posting shit of being like, this is why we're getting so much seaweed. And you know, and also, it's always nice to go to a beach and then look out into the middle of the ocean and see nothing but offshore oil rigs drilling for oil. That's always, <laughs> that's always nice. And brown water is always fun. Ew, dude! It's the Gulf of it's 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 not even the Gulf. It's just it's just Galveston. Did you get in the brown water? I did. I did, and I got burnt to shit. I got uh, I got I, I never had a sunburn as bad as I got this trip. Is uh, I actually like developed blisters on my shoulder from being sunburned so bad. Do you not know how to take care of a sunburn? I do, but that doesn't stop the fact that it's already been burnt. Like, w- what's there to do after you after you get sunburned? You put aloe, uh, aloe lotion on it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I, I, always, I always put my aloe vera in, like, the fridge and get it really fucking cold. And yeah, is, is they suggested that on the bottle. They're like, oh, try this cold. Like, put it in the fridge. Put it in the freezer. It does. It feels like somebody's blowing cold air on your back. Yeah, uh... Yeah, that's why I also got like the menthol one, is because like it make, makes it nice and smooth. So you got all burned to shit while hanging out on the beach. I did, I did, and fuck the beach, man. <laughs> like, I love the beach. Good for you. Right now, I'm on a fuck you beach uh, <laughs> bandwagon because my shoulders are hurt like shit, and I'm peeling really bad, really bad. Yeah. But like I said, luckily it's on the shoulders, so no one can see it. Sam, what'd you do with your week off? Uh, I spent a lot of time at the movies, honestly. I went and saw Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like, you gave me, like, the best review ever of a movie I've ever heard. It, what was it? Something along I've, the lines of, I've like, never seen a, mon- a more uneven, awesome, shitty, funny, horrible, great movie. <laughs> okay. Exactly, exactly what, what is that? I mean, like, the parts of, like, the turtles were, like, really badass and funny, and, like, there were times when I was smiling like I was a little kid again watching the cartoon, and then there were some parts in the script where I was like, I was like, what the fuck, man? This is like stupid bullshit. And then it would go back to like Turtles action and be like, yay! And then I, it would go to something else and be like, oh, damn it. I just thought, I, now I haven't seen the movie, but from the preview I saw, uh, or the previews I saw, I thought the Turtles looked really fucked up. Like, I was not a I fan. had no problem with how they looked. Really? I did. I had a huge problem with how they looked. It was like, they just didn't look right to me. Like, there was just like something off about them. And then uh, Sunday I went to Alamo Draft House. Uh huh. I love Alamo Draft House, by the way. <laughs> right. uh, and went and saw. Well, they had this thing called Pancake Cinema, and and it said Pancake Cinema and Jaws. And I thought, great, I love pancakes. I'm gonna eat breakfast and watch Jaws. Why not spend a Sunday doing that? No, Pancake Cinema is where they get this comedic troupe from Austin to come do a Mystery Science Theater 3000 esque. Right, uh, like like running commentary track while the film's going on, so that kind of caught me off guard. But it was still funny as hell. Right, those things are really starting to blow up. Is um, is you know, B- Doug Benson. He's he like I mean, obviously, Mystery Science Theater three thousand, the TV show, started it all, and then the guys kept it going with riff tracks, and then the original creator of uh, Mystery Science Theater started cinematic uh, cinematic Titanic. Which is which is like a live show of uh, where they do uh, interruption, but and then but you know they weren't that popular, and then Doug Benson started doing his uh, Benson interruption uh, movies, where like you know he goes in with other comics and they interrupt and make fun of movies, and ever since then it's been really taking off. Like like Alamo Draft House like has I've I've heard other comedians on on Doug Benson's uh, Douglas Movies podcast, and like Alamo Draft House at certain locations. Has like people that like do regular interruption shows like that. Yeah, no, they they said that they do one about once a month up yeah. here in Dallas, and yeah, 
I and, mean, now that I know what it is, I mean, like a, a part of me just kind of wanted to see Jaws straight through, but this caught me off guard, and, and, and it was funny, and they had audience interaction, but which was cool. I find that really weird because, like, typically, like they choose like really over the top, like bad movies, and Jaws isn't known for being bad; it's known for being good. So that that does catch me off guard. It I, was it was really funny. I mean, like. I definitely know what to look out for again, you know. So if they do like, you know, kind of like a film like The Warriors or something, like I will, I will right. definitely go oh, see yeah. a pancake cinema of The Warriors. Right, and like, and you know, I also know that uh, the Granada also here in Dallas, they did something like that too. I don't know exactly how theirs happened uh, because theirs, from what I saw, like promo pictures of, is it almost looked like that people went to the went to the Granada theater, and there was a group of people that were actually interrupting the movie. And then, like, another group of people who, like, was tweeting about it and tweeting jokes. Because at the Granada, they have, they have like, the main stage, and they can drop down a screen. And then on the left and right side, they have other screens that they can project, like, their Twitter feed up to. So I don't know exactly how they did it. But, like, it's, it's kind of cool that, like, all this shit is, uh, is going on. And, you know, and I, I, think, I think it's going to create a lot of funny shit and a lot of, like, all right, guy, just keep trying moments, too. And then I got out of Jaws and went and saw The Expendables 3 back uh, at the Alamo Drafthouse again. Oh, how was that? I mean, if you grew up like I did on, like, so, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dolph Lundgren kicking ass. I was then, about to say, so essentially it's everything you would ex- expect from, like, seeing The Expendables yeah, I mean, like, 1 when and 2. You, when you're kids, you have late-night discussions about seeing, like, your favorite action stars combine in films. Well, now you no longer have to ask the, right. that question of what if because it gets answered in The Expendables trilogy. Right, and I actually heard that the third one's not doing so well. It isn't. It came in fourth place this weekend behind Let's Be Cops. Which, I'm surprised is rating, that's rating at 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's uh, Damon Wayans Jr., and... Uh, I don't know the actor's name, but he's the guy from New Girl. Yeah, uh, like he's the one that like he and Jess kind of have a thing, <laughs> and it looks funny. It I want to see it. Like I'm really happy that that uh, Judd Apatow and all of them started this, you know, this new thing where like you know a comedy doesn't have to be eighty to ninety minutes. It can be two hours and you can have a good storyline and. You know, this uh, the last. If I remember correctly, the runtime for Let's Be Cops is somewhere between uh, an hour, f- uh, between uh, an hour fifty and two hours. So that kind of makes me excited because, like, I, I like the longer, uh, drawn out comedies. But yeah, is f- and and the two guy, the two main characters, and the supporting cast also looks funny. Uh, Rob Hugel and Rob Riggle uh, are also in it, and. I don't see why it would be bad, but I haven't seen it yet, so maybe I'm just wishful thinking. It's I don't know. I keep hoping shit. that maybe the Expendables will bounce back because I, I want to see like one final Expendables four. Why though? Why? Because they haven't gotten Jackie Chan or Steven Seagal involved in the franchise yet. Huh. Well, okay. I get. Well, I don't know. Those are like the last two Expendables I need to see. I don't know. I mean. I don't know. I've also heard that Expendables does really well overseas because you have like Jet Li and Jason Statham who are bigger draws internationally. So even maybe it could be a Pacific Rim scenario where yeah. if it makes more money overseas, then they'll do a fourth one. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. But some sad news All happened right, yeah. while you were on the beach, right, Jeff. Right. Well, no, I know. It's like so the first day we're at the beach is like is we're all unpacking and everyone's like you know hanging out. And, you know, it starts to get later in the evening. And we're like, all right, let's kind of start drinking and partying. And, like, one of my friends is out on the deck, and he just pops his head inside while we're all uh, still kind of getting the gro- uh, grocery situation uh, put together. And he's like, hey, just not sad news, but, like, bummer news. He's like, Robin Williams is dead. And everyone's like, what? And so, like, immediately everyone goes to their phone. And yeah, like I know we're a week late on this, but still, I feel like we need to address it. It was, I mean, like it's it's, it's so sad to me. And well, you know, it's, I hate the argument when people are like, "You didn't know him personally. How can it affect your life?" I'm like, this guy was a funny right well, part because, of my life because you like because like, even though Robin Williams was never there for like me to cry on his shoulder and like him to listen to my problems, guess what? Like when I was having a shitty day or a ba- you know a bad time. I would put on one of his movies yeah. to cheer me up. So while, like, you know, we never had a personal connection, it's like there still is this connection because 
he because you know I well, you, I yeah. used his 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 works to help me out through certain times. You know, celebrities let you into their lives and you know kind of somewhat somewhat. I mean, but I mean, I mean like, through, they're they're through, acting. It's yeah, not I mean, really like, them through their acting and like through movies. You know, so I mean, you can be sad when a when a celebrity dies because you're like, man, I'm gonna miss seeing this person on screen or, or like seeing, right. or missing their comedy. And speaking of, you were talking about how on bad days you pop in Robin Williams films, Jeff. Off top of your head, like top two, top three favorite Robin Williams movies. Uh, Birdcage is, is always makes me laugh. Uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Like when I realized, like what I wanted to do with my life was pursue a career in radio, which didn't really work out. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But like I would watch, uh, I would watch Good Morning Vietnam, and like I was like, this is great. Like you know, I really kind of looked looked up to that, and then I saw Private Parts, and was like, holy shit, this is how it's done. But still is. Is you know it was a great film and it's one of my favorites. Uh, Sam, what about you? What what are your favorites? Oh oh, I before you go, give me a third one here because I gotta say I think it was I think it was underrated. I think it was a dark comedy, but I still think it was good. Uh, Toys, it was really fucking weird, but I thought it was a fun movie. Jeff, I literally think that you just reached into my brain and stole word for word what I was about to say because yes, Birdcage is my all time favorite Robin Williams film. It's so it's fucking... It's so hilarious. I mean, it, it's just... I, th- and yes, Good Morning Vietnam is one of the reasons I wanted to try a shot at radio. Because after seeing him do all that stuff, I was like, wow, that's really funny. And that looks like a lot of fun. And I want to see if I can match that type of energy and be that type of personality on the air. Oh, I never thought about matching his like energy and personality. Oh, no. I never thought like... about being as funny as him, but having that zany energy and like that spot spontaneity that he had, you know... Yeah, and then uh, third one, uh, it's it's kind of a depressing one, but it's really good. I got to go with that Dead Poet Society. Yeah, that yeah is. In fact, I think I think that's been the biggest like trend on Twitter is people standing on top of desks and tables. Jimmy Jimmy Fallon did it in in paying tribute to Robin Williams. Right, he stood up on his desk and said, "Oh, Captain, my captain." Right, because what was Dead Poet Society? Was really one of the first dramatic roles you'd seen Robin Williams in because before. Like you know, he was a, you know, he was a stand-up comedian and off the wall, and then in Mork and Mindy was off the wall, and then in some of his earlier movies, once again off the wall, and then you had Dead Poet Society. In Dead Poet Society, he was like, no, I can be a dramatic too, and then of course you get Goodwill Hunting, where he wins a Best Supporting Oscar. Also, he played some really creepy killers too. Yeah, uh, in Insom- One Hour Insomnia, Insomnia one, one Hour, hour photo. photo. Yeah, the One Hour Photo, I. Th- that I never, w- I never saw one hour photo. It's on it's like one of like my streaming movie services, so I'm gonna go home and watch it. You but. definitely should. It's it's a great it's a great thriller. Like it's not an action, it's not a drama. It's a, it's a straight up thriller. But Insomnia, man, he was so creepy. Him and Pacino were good. Yeah. And I th- wasn't Hillary Swank. Yeah, also Hillary there? Swank and Al Pacino and Robin Williams, man. It was it was good. And, you know, it, yeah. If you if you want to see a darker side of Robin Williams and you haven't seen these films, I would highly recommend them. They're both. Underrated and really good, right? Um, I went back and well, I didn't go back. Is uh, Mark Marin uh, reposted his? I think it was a 2010 interview with Robin Williams where he was talking about uh, how he had just recently relapsed and started drinking again on the set of uh, a, a movie he was doing. I forget the name of the movie, but it was up in Alaska. And you know, and you had heard like in his early days that he. What had a big drug problem, and then was, and then was kind of depressed, or not kind of, but was depressed. But you kind of thought like he had it under control, and then I didn't know he had relapsed. Like you know, is because he he was he was sober for tw- over twenty years, and then on the set of this movie around two thousand ten, you know, was just feeling really depressed and cracked open a small travel size bottle of whiskey, and then escalated up to like you know handles of whiskey. And just started drinking again, and it's a sad situation. But the world lost a great comedian. That's true. Um, uh, moving on. Yeah, like how the fuck do we transition? Uh, Sam, that was my fault for saying like we should start off with Robin Williams. How do like, we move from that? Well, how do we Jeff, move to that to something how's, completely? How's the weather outside today? Uh, it's not raining sharks. So no sharknados. No no sharknados at the. At the beach for you at all? No, but the forecast says a third one could be coming. A soon. third Sharknado? A third Sharknado. No. Where's it heading this time? Paris, <laughs> Vegas, Washington, D.C.? I don't know. Are we finally going to clean the streets of Washington with a Sharknado? 
fun. I don't know, Sam. Like, you can stop hyping it. We've already transitioned <laughs> into the story. Uh, so, Sci-Fi Channel has said that Sharknado 3 is going to happen. Although, uh, one of the stars, and not the one you would think. I would think if, like, one of the stars was going to be a diva and raise shit about the whole thing, I thought it would be Tara Reid. Thought it'd be her, but no. The nine zero two one zero cast alum Ian Zeering, Zeering, whatever, is saying like, you know, yeah, I'm on board to do a Sharknado three, but guess what, bitches, more money. So they want to do a third, uh, third Sharknado film with Tara Reid and nine zero two one zero dude, but he wants more money. What do What do you think about that? I think I think he's overstretching. I think I, I think, think he I- should be happy as shit that. The first one was as big as a cult hit that it was, that it created a second one. He should be happy as shit that they are still able to stretch out this bullshit, dumbass fucking premise out of a movie. He should be happy as shit that he's working, because up until the Sharknado's movies, guess what, dude? No one gave a fuck who you were, except for, like, women in, like, their, I don't know, one was 90210, like, what would they be now, in their 30s, 40s? Yeah. You know, women of that era, like... Of the, you should be happy, but now you're starting to become a diva, and it's not fucking cool. Starting to believe in your own hype, man. It really is. And let me tell you, you could get Sharknado 3 starring Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell, and guess what? People are still going to watch it. I would watch that more than I'd watch it with this guy, but, yeah. but Mario Lopez has a good agent, and he's been, he's been able to like pop up here and there and do those like Access Hollywood-type shows here and there. Fine. So he doesn't need the paycheck as bad as this dude Sharknado does. 3 starring Dave Coulier. Yes. Okay. Now that's someone who probably needs the paycheck is Dave Coulier. Uh, I mean, are Jeff, you, would, have you, you, have, would you be excited for a shark? Did you see the first two? I've seen the first one. Uh, I have not seen the second one yet. They were hyping the shit out of this at Comic Con. Four million people tuned in, tuned in. Four million. Like it's like. They Huge. were passing out foam rubber chainsaws with Sharknado 2 written on them at Comic-Con all over the place. I know that's that's so stupid. Like my when we when I saw the first Sharknado and he goes spoiler but if you haven't seen it yet, first of all, way to go. I'm so proud of you. But I got halfway through it and turned it off and then it's been sitting in my Netflix queue yeah, for like I the mean, last you, 6 you, months. You know you when you go into the movie, you know what you're getting. So. Oh yeah. Uh, but but when we watch it the first time and he gets eaten by a shark and he has a, a gas-powered chainsaw, it's like he's in a shark's stomach. There's no oxygen in there, and that's a gas-powered chainsaw. That means it has like a little like turbine, which means it needs oxygen to create a little flame to move the piston. just needs gas. No, but it's a combustionable engine, which means it needs oxygen. Well, every time the shark breathes in... He's breathing in what sharks gills, motherfucker. Like they they breathe water and turn and then extract the oxygen from the water. That's what gills do. You just answered your own question. Shark week. <laughs> you just answered your own question, man. No, but there's still no. It's okay. Well, I'm done with it, Sam. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to ruin our friendship over fucking shark. Sharknado. No. Let's move on to a happier story that I'm. Uh, I'm I'm really happy that this you know this project's been in the works for a little bit. It, it finally got off the ground. It finally got off the ground. Uh, filming began yesterday for Ant Man, and we're starting to see some pictures of uh, Paul Rudd on the set. The first picture, and I think it's the one Sam, you and I are both looking at the same picture from I, uh, IGN. IGN. Paul Rudd looks kind of homeless and, and beat up. Dark is like so you know he's wearing all dark clothing with a hood. Like is that like uh, a jean jacket? With it, like a hoodie, it's it's like a leather jacket with a black hoodie underneath, underneath it. With, he's, got, he's got the hood up, and he's got two little bandages like above, like a cut on his eye. Yep. He, I mean, it just it looks like he's homeless, and, and yeah, he looks bummy, and it looks like he has a bum van sitting behind him. Right now, I'm not familiar with the um, with the comic book. Are you, Sam? I am, but they're going with a different Ant Man, which is kind of cool. They're not going with the comic book. Well, I mean, they're going with a comic book version of the Ant Man, but not the comic book version that I'm very familiar with. Because the original Ant-Man, his name is Hank Pym, and he was a famous inventor and scientist. So Hank Pym was never really broke or anything. He just kind of invented stuff, and he invented mm-hmm. a helmet that gave him the ability to communicate with ants. And then he invented this suit that gave him the power to shrink or grow to enormous sizes. So he's kind of more like a Batman, Iron Man, like not a mutant powers, but 
a genius and is able to create yeah. gadgets to help him be and a then, superhero. And then the comic book industry thought his character was one-dimensional, so they turned him into a wife beater. Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was drinking while I almost did a spit take there. Are you shitting me? Nope. He marries, I kid you not, a woman named the Wasp who can shrink down, has a stinger, and shoots fire or shoots energy bolts from her fingers and has and has wings on her back. And he ends up getting drunk and like hitting her and slapping her around a little bit. Holy fuck. <laughs> oh shit. Well, I mean, Okay, wow, wow, not not okay, not okay, what? I, I know, this is how they decided, they're like, well, we got a one-dimensional kind of geeky professor, let's let's give him a flaw. Wow, that is crazy, crazy, yes. crazy. So, no, they're going with this guy who is a thief who uh, steals the Ant-Man suit from Hank Pym, and they're making Hank Pym much older in this film. He's being played by Michael Douglas. Right. Oh, so this is kind of going to be like Hank Pym's done Ant-Man for a little while. And, has and gotten... he's done with it. And then he's like, hey, it's kind of like the Miyagi Karate Kid. That's pro- exactly where I was going. That's exactly. Here, yeah. is, so Paul Rudd, I'm, I'm from the wrong side of the tracks. And then I can change you and make you a better man. Yes. Gotcha. I, I'm still excited about it. I'm interested. I'll... I'm, I'm, I'm a, waiting for the first trailer to drop just to see what happens. I, 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 I can't believe like they did that in the comic. <laughs> Fuck, man. All right, uh, let's move on now to another superhero movie. Well, it's a potential for a movie. It hasn't been greenlit. By one of my all-time favorite directors and writers. One of my former favorite writers and directors. I know you and I clash over this all the time. I'm sorry. Like, he has his head up his own ass way you too often. so full of shit. No, he has his head up Blasphemy. his Blasphemy. I, I like the fact that he's venturing outside of New Jersey. We're talking about Kevin Smith's new movie uh, where Kevin Smith is trying to get a movie made where it is, uh, it's two teenage girls as the heroes. That are saving the world. I like this. I support this idea. Right. So the name of the movie is going to be called uh, Yoga Hosers. Now, this is going to be his second film, and he's doing a new movie trilogy called... Uh, the True North Trilogy. There it it is. takes place all up in... All these films take place up in Canada. And it, it has to do kind of with like Canadian mythology and shit like that. Uh, the first film... Let's talk about his first film in this trilogy. Tusk. Tusk. All right. So Tusk is... A is a it has it's it's about I don't know exact the exact release date but uh, you can, you can look up trailers online on it. It stars Justin, Justin Long. Long and ever since Ju- ever since Kevin Smith and Justin Long met on the set of the Die Hard movie or Zach and Mary. Oh, you're right. It no, was Die no, Hard. It was Zach and Mary. Is like is they met on they met on Die Hard and then. Uh, then they had such a good time that he was already starting to work on Zack and Mary. It was like, hey, Justin, let me put you in the movie. And that apparently that scene in Zack and Mary where Justin Long goes off with Seth Rogen about being a gay porn star, a lot of that was improvised. That was like one of the funniest scenes in And it in was that so film. funny. And, like, and Kevin Smith was like, like what, is in love with Justin Long. So Justin Long is the star of this new movie, Tusk, which co-stars, or not co-stars, but has a, 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 an adult Haley Joel Osment. He looks like a stoner in this who, film. Who, who did not age well. Like, I don't have a lot of room to say because I'm... He grew up to be a chunkier. You know... He got into the cookies and the Doritos. Well, shit, you're the biggest child actor for a while, and then you disappear. I'm pretty sure the reason why you disappear is because you go through depression, and he ate his way through it. But still... Like, I gotta admit, though... It's still, it's still... He still looks good. I showed you the trailer to this film, and, I, and I'll tell you what. I'll throw it up on our Facebook page after after we get done with the show. Okay. Um, It looks like Kevin Smith's take on the human centipede, honestly. Right, right. So, now... What what Tusk is about is Justin Long and Haley Joe Osmond do, do a, a podcast. podcast. And like, I just love that like that's what they're doing. Is like now it's like, you know, oh I gotta go on this business trip for my podcast. Like that's so Oh come on. We 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 wish we could go on business uh, trips yeah, for you're, our you're, podcast. You're absolutely right. So anyways, they go up to Canada to interview there's a myth about a about there's a shipwreck and a walrus save this sa- guy save this guy's life. And so they're going up to interview him, and, well, this guy is fucking crazy. I forget the actor's name, but he was the leader of the religious cult in Kevin Smith's movie Red State. And he played the sheriff in Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. That's the same dude? And he was the sheriff in From Dust Till Dawn. Huh. I didn't know I didn't know the shit about uh, Kill Bill. Michael and Parks. Dust Till- Michael Parks. 
So Michael Parks uh, is being interviewed by Justin Long, and then basically don't whenever you go to a stranger's mansion and they that's offer like, you tea, yeah, and like you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Don't ever drink the tea. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Because essentially Justin Long gets drugged and then what's the actor? Michael Parks. Michael, Michael Parks. Michael Parks. Like you said, human centipede style, like just like starts fucking with Justin Long's like, anatomy. He and sews his legs together. Se- it looks like he's sewing his legs together. No, no. It's, no. This is the movie. He is turning Justin Long into a walrus. Because he is obsessed with walruses. He's in love with walruses and since... He can't have one. He's going to make one. And he's made walrus teeth that he's going to like. He's going to break out Justin Long's teeth and put in walrus teeth. And he's going to sew his legs together and make him swim like a walrus. And yeah. it just looks so fucked up. I uh, mean, like, yeah, usually, go- usually I can watch any Kevin Smith movie with no problem. This one, like, I set, I barely set through Human Centipede. Like, I closed my eyes through a good chunk of that film. I don't know if I can sit through this See, one. Kevin Smith doing this type of movies, like, makes me have a little bit more faith in him, you know? Is get, getting outside of the Jay and Silent Bob Stoner, yeah, Jersey scene. But the second film in his true North Shield so, is the Yoga Hosers. Is this the sounds yoga, cool. So the, the we there's not a lot written about it, at least from what I can find. And if you find an article describing more, post it on our Facebook page. Uh, you put it in the comments underneath uh, the trailer that Sam posted for Tusk on there. But so the name of the movie is Yoga Hosers and it's and it's going to star Kevin Smith's d- uh, daughter Harley Quinn I love Harley the, Quinn Smith I fucking love that he named his daughter Harley Quinn and then actually uh co-starred along with Kevin Smith's daughter is going to be Johnny Depp's daughter Lily Rose Depp so uh the two their two daughters are going to be teenage superheroes that save the world from an ancient evil that's all we kind of know at this point This sounds point. like it has the makings of like an Evil Dead or Army of Darkness right. style movie, which I'm totally down for. And, and then, and I don't, uh, and then I, somehow throughout this, throughout their journey, they're gonna meet up with Johnny Depp, and <laughs> this is my favorite part. Um, I'm gonna read this one little article from the story. Uh, I found this article on uh, Polygon's website. Uh, when uh, when the evil puts a damper on the girls' plans to attend a grade 12 party, they join up with Johnny Depp's character to, quote, fight for their lives with all seven chakras, one warrior pose at a time. So they're teenage superheroes that are obsessed with yoga, that live in Canada, that just want to go to a senior uh, party and they're going to use yoga to save and the world. Gonna, and then an ancient evil prevents them, so they team up with Johnny Depp, and they use yoga to save the fucking world. Sold, sold. fucking sold. I will go see this. <laughs> I will go see this opening weekend. <laughs> Done. This and like and it's 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 being uh, it's being sold as like a comic book style movie. Which I think you—that's the only way you can sell this movie—is you're saving the world with yoga. All right, like Al Gore must be so goddamn happy. <laughs> All right, like there is—I'm sorry, like that's an interesting premise. Now, but what's really cool about this is if this movie does get greenlit, which I think even if like the studio's like we're not going to do it, he's going to be like, well, yeah, fuck you, I'm going to do it on my own. Kevin Smith's been doing this whole independent financing thing for a while right, now. Right, right. Well, I think I think he's a little butthurt because like didn't Miramax say like no Clerks 3? Because Miramax actually owns, owns the rights. rights to Clerks. Yeah, and, Clerks 3 may not be happening. Right. And Kevin Smith wrote a script for it and brought it to Miramax with this reduced budget and they said no. Right, so so this might be his reaction of being like, you know, because for years Miramax was like, what the fuck ever you want to do, Kevin Smith, do it. And then the Weinsteins were like, do it, you know, we don't give yeah. a shit. In his last book, he depicts how he had a falling out with the Weinsteins. Right, so maybe that's why he's on this big independent uh, raising funds for himself campaign. So anyways, what will be cool if this movie does get made, which it sounds like, you know, it will get made, is this will be the first super comic book style superhero movie? I, I don't feel comfortable saying it's a comic book movie because there is no comic book that it's being based on. It's being based off of Canadian uh, myth and uh, legends. So, but like they're still selling it as a comic book movie. That so Kevin Smith directs. 
Yeah, he's writing and directing. I mean, he's doing what it's, Kevin Smith. It's funny because Stanley was quoted as saying this. He would like to one day see Kevin Smith direct a major Marvel picture. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Well, yeah. he had a chance to do a DC. Uh, uh, he wrote it. He wrote a spec script for Superman back in the nineties, right? And then who was <laughs> the dude that's like fucking giant spiders? <laughs> like, like if you watch if you <laughs> if you watch any of the evenings with Kevin Smith, he does his rant the, about how Barbara Streisand's hairdresser somehow became a producer in Hollywood, got the rights to Superman. And told him, don't worry, Kevin, we're going to make a legitimate Superman film because we're from the streets. Yeah. That's, and it's, that's, worth, it's, it's worth YouTubing to hear Kevin Smith rant on how he wrote this awesome right. spec script that was going to star Nicolas Cage. Right. Now, what, to getting back to my point, if, when this movie gets made, is this will be the first movie where teenage girls are the heroes. I mean, sh- you had movies like Ghost World where the, the main protagonists were females. But like Ghost World was more about like two awkward, socially awkward teenagers, and this is like they're fighting fucking evil. And you know, I know some of you are talking about there. Well, what about Tomb Raider? You know, well, no. Like the closest, the closest thing that I think f- females have to having a good like uh, role model to look up to is Buffy, because the Tomb Raider movie sucked. Listen to the editing bay; they did one of the Tomb Raider movies. The Tomb Raider movies with Angelina Jolie sucked. All right. So you have, and then Ellen Page did the Last of Us video game, which I didn't play the game. I didn't hear a lot about it. But once again, it's like, you know, uh, it's a post apocalyptic world and, you know, surviving. So, but really, Buffy was the last, like, true, like, female oh, come on, Jeff, teenager that say, kicked ass. You're not going to go with Sucker Punch? I'm just kidding. Have you seen that goddamn movie? <laughs> yes. My, f- <laughs> you want to know how I watch? So I watched Sucker Punch in twenty five minutes. You know how I watched it in twenty five minutes? Is like my buddy was like, okay, the action scenes are really cool, but here's what you need to know: it's a dream within a dream. All right, and this yeah, chi- they went they went this they chi- went Don Quixote on it. Right, this chick's getting abused, and so when she gets abused, she goes into a dream state, and then within that dream state, she goes into another dream state. Dream state. In which she is, oh no, that's what it was. Is she gets abused, goes into a dream state, and imagines she's dancing. And then once she's imagined she's a dancing, she's f- like imagining that she's fighting like bad guys. Isn't isn't that it? Pretty close, right? So that's what he explained to me. And then he just hit fast forward. And then when we got to like the really badass like steampunk action sequences, hit play and would watch those for a good like five ten minutes or however long the sequence was. Fast forward to the next one. There are a total of four sequences. That's how I watched Sucker Punch in 25 minutes. Someone gave me the director's cut as a gift, and it's still sitting on my shelf. I haven't I haven't actually watched it. Yeah, dude, because you don't need to. All right? I'm not saying anything bad uh, you know, about the source material. I'm just saying that movie was shit. All right? Uh, so anything – how do we get out? Yeah, so I think that will be cool if the movie gets made and it's two teenagers – uh, two female teenagers. Maybe that, he'll get some studio backing on this one. He could. He could. I just still just love the fact that he named his daughter Har- Harley Quinn. Sam, uh, you know me. You know I love the zombie apocalypse, and I'm preparing for it every single day. I did notice a lot of you know MREs being stacked up in your kitchen lately. Well, you got to be prepared, man, because you never know when it's going to hit. And when it hits, guess what? If you're not prepared, you're, it's already too late. I just got to tell you, if you're going to start stocking up on MREs, man, toilet paper. I swear that thing will become currency when, when the apocalypse hits. No, man. Socks. You ever heard a little thing called trench foot? Socks, man. Toilet paper, man. Because once they stop making it, people are going to start using leaves, and nobody wants to play in the woods. <laughs> guess what's poison sumac, and guess what's not? All right. I'm not going into this fight. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so being a big zombie fan, of course, I'm a huge fan of The Walking Dead. Uh, watch the show, read the comics. Although I am a season behind on the AMC series. So I guess Sci-Fi Network. Decided to dip their foot in the zombie pool. The same goddamn people that... Uh, sci-Fi channel, like, first of all, you know, Sharknado that we talked about earlier, that's a Sci-Fi original. Sci-Fi is so <coughs> weird because they have this cheesy bullshit like Sharknado and then they have really good products like Eureka and The Lost Room. Warehouse 13, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Farscape. Yeah. Sliders. Sliders? Yeah. When Sliders ended its run on Fox, 
sci-fi picked it up and brought it back for a few more seasons. Granted, with a little bit lower budget and a little bit more campy effects, but right. But but the thing is, is is you know that when you have a project on Sci-Fi Channel, you're going to have a lower budget, and if you're a good enough writer and producer, you can work around that and still make a good quality show. Sidebar for twelve hundred dollars at Comic Con, I could have bought the slider prop that was used to open up all the gateways. Was it the one actually? It was the one actually used on set. Yeah, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. I just didn't have it on me to, to do it. No, I can't. I want to do that. But getting back to Sci-Fi Channel. So anyway, Sci-Fi Channel is getting into the zomb- post-apocalyptic zombie world with their new show Z Nation. Seems like they're kind of putting a tight lip on things or tight lid on things because the trailer that I watched didn't display a lot of information. And so essentially. Uh, Z Nation takes place after a zombie apocalypse, and the I was excited because I've seen this guy in a lot of shit, and he's a great actor. Uh, his name's uh, Harold uh, per, Perna, per Pernu Pernu. Thank you, thank you. I don't know what the fuck I was saying. Pernu. Uh, he was. If you ever watched Oz on HBO, he was the guy in the wheelchair at the beginning of every episode. Um, I'm trying to think of what. Oh, in uh, in uh, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he was Leonardo DiCaprio's friend. So when I saw that he was going to be in it, it really got my hopes up. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh fuck! This is just a shot for shot remake of. Well, so it's uh, there. There are some differences. So if you if you're any fan of The Walking Dead, you know what The Walking Dead is about. Is it's about living and trying to maintain humanity and trying, you know, they say to rebuild society and all this, but you know, you really don't know. Like, well, you know, you don't. They uh, fuck Sam. I'm getting my words all twisted. Is they're fu- trying to they're they're trying, trying to, to hold on to the last vestige th- of humanity. There it is. There it is. And so Z Nation looks like they're trying to do the same thing, but then I saw something in the preview that, and this is not a spoiler because they mention it in the their preview, is in Z Nation, they're like, oh, we got to get to Washington. Well, why do we got to, well, fuck you, I'm not taking you to Washington. Well, we got to get to Washington because there's a zombie outbreak. There is no known cure, just like in Walking Dead, there is no cure. Well, in Z Nation, we got to get this one particular dude. He's essentially our savior because he's been bitten by a zombie and has not turned yet. So we got to get this him. This is just like that video game, The Last of Us. This uh, girl gets bitten by an, an, an infected thing and she doesn't turn. And so like your whole point in the game is that you escort her across America while fighting off the undead to try to get her to a, a lab in Colorado where they can mass produce a cure. Really? Now it, they don't, they aren't saying what exactly is causing the zombie outbreak in Z Nation. Like as you learn in Walking Dead, is you know that what causes zombies is a disease that every single person has, and we well, all I know what's going to cause it. We all have we all have it, and it's just like it doesn't affect us until we're dead. I know what's going to cause a zombie outbreak in Z Nation. What the McRib? <laughs> like the sad part of this is since it's a sci-fi show. That's not out of the realm of possibility. So much chemically processed food, it just starts rotting your body from the inside out. Right. A lot of people are comparing this show to Walking Dead, and I think that there are the point. There are there are going to be certain elements that are going to be similar because it's a zombie show, and no matter what type of zombie show you do, is you're going to have some crossover on themes and material. I mean, because they really? they just go. Yeah, like, you know... Is no, because, I mean, you're able to have shows like Grand well, True Blood and then Vampire Diaries, which, I mean, still involve vampires, but have two totally different kind of lures and mythology that they're, that, that they're going off of here. Don't you ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever compare vampires and zombies again, all right? Zombies are so much fucking scarier than, than vampires. Vampires are so much cooler than zombies. Anyways. Topic for next week. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, so, god damn it, Sam. You just derailed the shit out of me. <laughs> like, I was on a good flow, and I just, I've, I've lost it all because you brought up fucking vampires. Vampires are better than zombies. I'm so goddamn glad True Blood is going off the air. Screw you, Sam. Anyways. 
So, so are you, are you are you worried that sci-fi is copying Walking Dead and just doing like a remake and just I w- I have to know more before I can af- before I can l- I feel like I can say that confidently because on the surface it kind of looks like it you know as I understand in the Walking Dead that they are go- they're also currently on their way to DC because someone has a cure but if you- spoilers what that that's, that was in the last season I don't know but there may be oh people like me who got it spoiled by their friend too yeah Sam head hang your head in shame my bad. <laughs> Was, but well, and and actually, in this uh, news article I'm reading, it also says that. So, like I said, there are going to be crossover uh, themes and material because it's because it's post-apocalyptic zombie world. But I feel like there needs to be more. I I need to see more about the, about Z Nation before I can say it's a complete ripoff. <clears throat> Uh, Maybe when it comes out, we'll have to do a side by side. We should now. The one thing that I do, I am kind of uh, happy about, is one of the Eureka producers is producing this, producing this show for Sci Fi Channel. So I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping it's not the same producer that really made Eureka jump the fucking shark. And like, I believe it was season four with the time travel. Oh God, that still pisses me off. So. Hopefully it'll it'll be good. I the trailer the graphics are going to be sci-fi graphics. They're going to be a little bit better than Sharknado, but not anywhere up to par as their as like Battlestar Galactica like you know special effects. We will see. I am I am somewhat. Ex- I mean I am excited about it. The show premieres September twelfth on Sci-Fi Channel. I believe it's uh, ten uh, Eastern. So. Uh, you know, go based off of your time zone if it's 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so I don't know, Sam. What you're you're not re- no? You already said you're more into the fucking vampires. I was gonna try to start a dialogue with you, but I just want to get. What do you want to talk f- about? Zombies? You want to talk about Romero's first works or no, Sam? I just, or, or or do you prefer running zombies versus walking zombies? See, I'm so out the. Uh, no, don't don't tempt me with that. I'm still mad at you for bringing up. I can vampire. I, I can debate zombies, vampires, and werewolves equally. I am well versed at all. But we can't right now. You know why, Sam? Because we have Doctor Who news that we need to talk dun, about. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Normally, people follow up with like the story. <laughs> Breaking after the, Doctor Who news you, that I broke go, to our Sam, Facebook page. There you go. Uh, Jenna Louise Coleman will quit her role as Time Lord's assistant and will leave at Christmas. What's up with everybody leaving at Christmas? Matt. Well, because that's when they do their big Christmas special, so I'm sure it's like it's their way of like saying goodbye, I guess you could say. Because chances are is when they sign the contract, they're like, you know, this many this many seasons or this many episodes plus the Christmas special. So it's like Christmas special is probably when the contract's out. I mean, did you really think Jenna Coleman was that? Fun of a companion. Uh, to be honest, I haven't seen any of her companion episodes. No, I take that back. I saw the first two where she's introduced. Uh, the first one where she's like in, she's like a voice within the machine with uh, the Daleks. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw the. I can't. I can't tell you how that's possible without totally spoiling. Right. I, well, right. But I'm just. Story. But I'm just saying is like is is she was first introduced when. Um, when uh, the pawns were still in the yeah. series, I mean, she's cool and she's fun, but like, she didn't make like a huge lasting impression on me. Now, my question to you is: It's always been, you know, kind of like a James Bond thing, you know, where like James Bond always gets a, a pretty girl, mm-hmm. you know, Doctor Who always kind of has pretty young women as you know his his companions. Do you think it's time that you know a dude steps up and takes the companion role, or are you happy with the status quo of just finding another? Pretty young British actress to keep going with. Um, I don't know because th- I mean there be- have be- been because because there part- have been sort of male companions. I mean, you've had Jack Harkness and but Roy, he was but he was well Rory Roy the Roman. But he, see, like okay, I I okay. So first of all, with Jack Harkness, is he wasn't really a companion. He was more of a reoccur- uh, reoccurring character. And who was on certain story arcs, but like he was never like from start to finish an entire season. Rory, on the other hand, 
he wasn't sought out to be a companion is he wanted Amelia. Kind of like Mickey. Right, exactly like Mickey. God, Mickey Mickey would have been the great companion. Anyway. Mickey turned out to be a badass at the end of Doctor Who. Mickey's fucking awesome. Anyways, so Rory, he, he and Amelia were just so much in love that like she's like, you want me to go along with you, basically, is he's coming with us. And, you know, and there were certain episodes where the Doctor and Rory, you could tell, like, there's a little bit of tension where, you know, he was like, I just don't want you here, but I want friends. Yes, in some circles, people are angry at, 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 at Amelia Pond, and they feel sorry for Rory, and they think Amelia Pond is a harlot. For, there were there were times where I for, felt that way for kissing Doctor Who or for kissing the Doctor the night before her wedding. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and you can put me in that category. She's still way better than fucking Rose. Rose is like God. Oh, we God. are not getting into this fucking shit right now. <laughs> you leave Rose Tyler alone, dude. She's a piece of shit companion. Greatest companion the Doctor ever had. You're really gonna think Rose was the greatest companion? My favorite companion. Oh my God. Oh my next, God. next to Amelia Pond. She was the best. She was the best. She was the most. Mm. Her, her, and Martha. Her, Martha Jones. Then, then Rose. Nope. Rose, Amelia, then Martha. No, no. I'm saying in my order. Oh well, my order is completely different. I like Rose for the, for some reason. There are a lot of Rose naysayers out there. I like her. A lot of people think she just cried her way through the show. Yeah, because that's exactly what she did. S- Season one relaunch, episode one. The living plastic is about to shoot her mother. The doctor is being held down by two plastic men. What does she do? She grabs a chain with the anti-plastic, swings out over a vat of living plastic and throws it in there and saves the universe. You cannot base her entire run as a companion off of the very first Last episode where the first doctor regenerates. She... Knows he's doomed. She rips open the heart of the TARDIS and absorbs the essence of the time force itself in order to save the Doctor and Jack. So she does like the most laziest thing. Is like she's uh, I'm gonna open the door and I'm gonna stand here and the no, she has to rip open the heart of a TARDIS, which is really hard to do. It takes Mickey driving a tow truck at like over 100 miles an hour to rip the thing open, and she absorbs deadly energy that could kill her in order to save the Doctor. She was not a lame companion. She took action. She took initiative, and she kicked ass. Disagree. But, Jeff, do you think it's time for For a a male? I don't know, because a lot of what drives the the Doctor Who dynamic with the companion is that, you know, is that rescue, you know, like, he's rescuing her from another situation. Or she rescues him sometimes. A lot of times she rescues him. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. I I say stick with the boy girl relationship. It, it's kind of fun to see how they play off each other. I I say uh, yeah. That's yeah. That's where I would go with it. Um, I, like so, she was only a companion then. I guess for a total of if you count it as w- one and a half seasons. Yeah, because she saw the end of the ponds and she was on for like a S- Matt Smith last season. Right. Well, was, the last half of that season. Yeah, and then that was it. She kind of had a short run as a well, companion. So she's no, she's not in any of the ep- episodes with the new Doctor. Uh, no, she will be because because she's leaving at Christmas. Right. And, so so in so so really so really, if you look at it, she's only in for one season. It's the last half of Matt Smith's last season as the Doctor. Eighteen and, months. She spent eighteen months as Clara Oswald. So the thing that sucks is since I'm behind is now I know like not to get emotionally attached and involved with her because I already know that her run's already over as I know because I like I said, I still have to watch uh, the last uh, I still have to watch the day of the doctor. It's on Netflix now. I know. I know. I know. And then I have to watch the last half of uh, Matt Smith. I'm going to do it as soon as I, I'm, I'm, I swear I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to actually sit down and watch him. Grab a box of Kleenex. Oh, shit, man. What are you telling me? When twelve, when twelve times ends, just <laughs> box of Kleenex, you're gonna be crying manly tears. All right. Well, now I'm kind of depressed. You want to move on to something else, or is there anything else you want to say about this? Nope. I spoke my piece about Doctor Who. All right, then let's move on. All right. Let's tell you what's coming out this week on DVD and comic books and in theaters. 
DVDs is going to be really short uh, because the only one that I really noticed. Okay, well, you have the quiet ones. Don't know what that one's about. Only Lovers Left Alive. Don't know what that one's about. Then we have The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Unfortunately, I know exactly what that one's about. I'll make you this deal, Sam, because I've shit on it so many times without seeing it. I will make you this deal. Next week, you come early or stay late, and you and I will watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then I can point out why it's a piece of shit with me out ever seeing it. Deal. Sound like a deal? Deal. All right, so Amazing Spider-Man 2 out on DVD now, along with those two other movies I didn't know about. Sam, what is coming out in comic books? Oh, that was a quick transition. All right, coming out in comic books, we have Marvel. On the Marvel side, we have Deadpool versus X-Force 3. Awesome. I'm so fucking behind. I'm so behind. Sam, we haven't been to the comic book shop in like over a month. And, I know. And then we, we can't go next week because I have a friend coming in from out of town. So like two weeks, we got to go. Yeah. We have to go. Can X-Force stop Deadpool from rewriting history? Cable chases the Merc with the mouth to the Boxer Rebellion and tries to force his show down there. Could be fun. If you know your history facts, Boxer Rebellion, pretty cool time to be. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know. I wasn't a history ma- major, minor, like you were. But it's the cover art looks hilarious because it's, it's Deadpool dressed in a samurai outfit with a laser sword slashing into Cable. If you aren't sold right there, fuck you. They have such a fucked up relationship. I know. It's like such a love-hate relationship amongst those guys. It's a lot of hate. It's a lot of hate. All right. What else? Uh, Moving on. Daredevil number seven. The man without fear braves the wilds of Wakanda, and the truth behind Matt's mother's greatest sin is finally revealed. Now, if you know anything, Wakanda is the advanced nation in Africa where the Black Panther resides. And they got some pretty crazy woods with dangerous animals in it. And how does this tie into Matt's mother, who was a nun, having her greatest sin finally revealed? You got to read to find out. All right. What else? Flipping over to the DC side, we have Batman and Robin 34. Batman, this guy's a dedicated father. He's still searching for his son's dead body. I thought he had found it. Apparently not. Batman's quest for Damien's body. I didn't even know he had a kid. Yeah, he had a. I, I, I don't read. That. He had a son with Talia, okay. Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Batman, My bad. Batman's quest for Dame for Damien's body is about to take him further down the road to damnation than he's ever gone before. His first stop, the Justice League's Lex Luthor. Now, see, there's a catchy tagline here: "Further down the road to damnation than he's ever gone before." That means, is he actually going to break his rule? Is he going to kill somebody? Might he pick up a gun? Things that Batman swears he will never do, but it's it's his son, it's family. Is he willing to cross the lines and break the boundaries to do what is necessary? I think he is. I, th- I think he was, because like you, you take something and it's like the death of a child. Like, yeah, that's going to make you go apeshit crazy. And like, I could see that, like, making Batman be like, nah, fuck this. I'm getting a gun and I'm killing some people. <laughs> Like, I could really see that. I could really see that. All right. Uh, finally, for all you Green Lantern fans out there, Sinestro number five. Sinestro and Hal Jordan have a score to settle, but they won't get a chance before the deadly cult of anti-motion tries to stop them. Also, questions are answered. Where is Parallax and what happened to him? Now, Jeff, you look very confused. Let me tell you. The whole Green Lantern. No, I was just trying to think of when he said parallax. I was trying to think of an X Lax joke, <laughs> and you just caught me off. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Well, the reason that it's kind of interesting that you have a cult of anti-emotion trying to fight these guys is because their rings are based on emotion. Like the Green Ring is based on willpower, mm-hmm. Yellow Ring based on fear. Red so if on you have a anger. cult, yeah, red on anger. So I mean, yeah, if you if you have a cult of anti-emotion trying to shut them down. Could be actually a worthy adversary. Well, yeah, because they're taking away, from what it sounds like, you're taking away the power of the rings. Yeah. And, and that's not good. Parallax, even though he was piss poorly represented in the Ryan Riddle's Green Lantern film, is quite a deadly foe who once, who is basically one of the deadliest Green Lantern foes in the world, made out of pure evil yellow energy. Damn. And can drive you mad and crazy. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yep. So for all you Green Lantern fans out there, 
Lights. Things are heating up in Sinestro number five. Jeff, what's coming out in theaters this week? All right, coming out in theaters this week, we have another goddamn high school football movie coming out called When the Game Stops. Come on, Mox, throw me the ball. Things change, Mox, and this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I don't know if it sucks. I don't see any ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. It stars Jesus. It's Jesus is in the film, guys, so you know it's going to be good. Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel is the biggest named actor it's uh, the story about a high school football team that the won a hundred... biggest name actor. Uh, biggest name actor in the movie. Jim Caviezel. Michael Chiklis. Don't know. The Shield. Oh, that dude. Laura Dern. Don't know. Chick from Jurassic Park. Oh. See, if they would if they would cast these people as like the chick from this movie and the dude from this movie, <laughs> I'd be a lot better at casting, all right? So anyways, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, so... Uh, this uh, when the game stop or sorry when the game stands tall. I thought it was when the game stops. When the game stands tall is about a high school football team that has won 151 games in a row. Like the based on a true story, the longest uh, winning uh, record in winning sport- streak in sports history. Is. 151 games, and then they lose one of the games. And then the preview was kind of misleading. I couldn't tell if the one of the guys was really depressed and killed himself, or if he was at a part because like. He shows up to a car, or shows up to a party in a car, and then it flashes and you hear a gunshot. So you don't know if it was a fight at the party or if he killed himself. I guess you have to watch the movie. But this was like one of the big guy, big names on the football team. And so now the football team is trying to recover from the loss of one of its key players and the first loss in the team's history in a really long time. So... I don't know, dude. I, just, I can't. I, don't know. I told you before. I can't get into these goddamn high school football movies. I'm Varsity Blues. Okay, I get it. But remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Okay, great. But after that, stop. I'm so done with it. Like ever since Friday Night Lights like became a movie, then a TV show. Dude, the TV show is awesome, and the movie's not bad. In fact, I'll tell you, stop with Friday Night Lights. I'll take it that far. Uh, whatever. I say stop with Varsity Blues. So anyways, When the Game Stands Tall uh, comes out this Friday. Also coming out this Friday, a movie that like just basically came out of nowhere. Uh, Are You Here? It stars Owen Wilson, Zach Galifianakis, and Amy Poehler. Uh, Owen Wilson and Zach Galifianakis are best friends. Zach Galifianakis is uh, estranged from his father, and his father dies, leaving him the majority of the estate. And now Owen Wilson and uh, Galifianakis have to go back to claim the inheritance, but Galifianakis' sister, played by Amy Poehler, is there to put a, a monkey wrench in things. It It's not rating so good. It's rating at 10%, which doesn't make any sense when you think of like who all is attached to this yeah, film. Owen Wilson, Zach Galifianakis, Amy Poehler, three right. great comedians. Right, and also, they didn't really do a lot of press about it. It's like people are just now being like, what, this movie's coming out Friday? And like, well, it's yeah. limited. Yeah, it's a limited, but still, even on limited releases, they do they do major commercial. Well, I'm uh, looking at a limited cover. release. I didn't know was coming out here. What's that? Is it, wait, is that the big one? No. Oh, what's the other one? To be Takai. Uh, a look at the many roles played by the eclectic 77 year old actor and activist George Takai, whose wit, humor, and grace have helped him to become an internationally beloved figure and an, Im- and an internet phenomenon with 7 million Facebook fans and counting. It's a documentary of the life and times of George Takai. That's badass. And if, if you're a fan of George Takai like I am, and I think yeah. he's a hilarious guy, but I'd, I'd want to go see that. But I think we know which one's going to win the box office weekend, and oh. that is the finally the sequel to Sin City, Sin City 2, A Dame to Kill For. This, of course, is the co-direct. This is done by co-directors Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller, and based off the amazing Frank Miller graphic novel. Although some of these are not; these are like stories that kind of Frank Miller came up with, but never kind of wrote down. I, I've heard right, and so I mean, some of these are kind of based off of comic books, but a lot of these are continuations of stories that he never got around to Who doing. Who cares? God, Sin City, the first one was so good, and the, cast. the cinematography is so good. Yeah, Sam. Mickey Rourke, Jessica Alba, Josh Brolin, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, A.K.A. Bruce Willis. JGL for short, baby. He and I are tight. Rosio Dawson. Uh, Rosario. Rosa- Fuck! Rosa- it looks like Ros- what I said. <laughs> it's not Rosie O'Donnell. It's not Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, God, if she was in this film, um, 
No, thank you. No, it's Rosario you. Dawson. It's full of sex, guns, noir. Did you say Ray Liotta? Ray Liotta's in it. Fucking just amazing cast. If you like the first one, chances are you're going to really like the second I'm one. I'm looking forward to This is kind of closing out my summer movie season for me right here. I think it's closing out a lot of people. Like, I, I, I think... I think you can say this is the last one, and then next week. I mean, well, in our opinion, I don't know the official uh, when the summer movie season ends. So, anyways, this looks great. I am. Re- oh god. Oh shit. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make. Uh, I'm gonna make Joe go see this next week for Afternoon Delight. We're gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna make him go see Sin City. Yep. Yep. It's a short runtime. Hour forty two. I thought it would be longer. I thought at least a minimum two hours. Closer to two and a half. That kind of that throws me off. That the goddamn high school football movie is longer than Sin City, and actually the Are You Here the the uh, second one I mentioned Owen Wilson's Zach Galifianakis this is actually an hour fifty three the longest of them all the comedy huh that's kind of neat. Sam, I'm just kind of trying to stretch for time, but uh, I th- I see that we're at the hour mark. So you want to go ahead and uh, wrap this thing up, or oh, you have something for oh shit I forgot? I do have no shit I forgot. Oh shit, what'd you forget? Breaking news from the Hollywood Reporter: Dwayne Johnson will say Shazam after all. What? <laughs> Shazam is a hero in the D- in the DC universe. It's about a kid named Billy Oh, thank God. I thought you were talking about they were remaking the Shaquille O'Neal movie. (laughs) Um, With the genie? Yes. And I was like... Kazam? Oh, that's it. Kazam. Kazam. Shit. Kazam. It sounds similar. No, Shazam is about a kid named Billy Batson who finds an ancient wizard in a cave who bestows upon him the powers of Greek gods, like the strength of Hercules, like the lightning of Zeus. He, he has super strength, and he can fly really fast, and he can almost match Superman. Nice. But he's a 12-year-old kid, but he has to look up in the sky and hold his hand up and shout, Shazam, and then he gets struck by lightning, and he becomes this really tall adult superhero. Right, right. So you could see The Rock kind of playing that superhero role. Uh, it's not confirmed whether he's playing Shazam or the villain. Uh, there is a great villain in this universe called Black Adam, and he's super strong and possesses almost the exact same powers as Shazam, but he's evil. Nice. So, I mean, The Rock is going to be in a DC movie. Yeah, DC, not known for making good movies. And I know, I was really ca- hoping Marvel would... Sn- and maybe ca- maybe Marvel and, will snatch him up. And casting The Rock. Uh, I like The Rock. I'm, I'm, have you seen Hercules? No, I'm going based off of like other yeah, movies. Go, yeah, go see Hercules. Rundown, G.I. Joe, he was pretty cool. Then. Oh, you mean movies where he wasn't the lead role in it and like didn't have to carry the whole movie on Pain his acting abilities? Yeah, no, not the best. All right, Sam, I got nothing else for today. All right, guys, ditch the herd, be a nerd. Stay strong out there, my friends. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.